What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hank Show. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Uh, hello, live and on tape for Whitehall Drive. Beautiful, may I say, Mike Martin. Whitehall Drive. It, it is beautiful, beautiful this morning, isn't it? No argument there. No Gotta love when there. the yard guy comes by and just spruces everything it's up, looking, right? It's looking fresh. Yeah, looking thank, fresh. Thank you, man. Thank you. By the way, you ever need one, I got a good one, dude. He is awesome. I, got, awesome. I got a good one as well, my man. I got a good one as well. It's not Ernest, is it? It's not. It's okay. uh. <laughs> It is the son of a Parks and Recreation legend, Mr. George Ivey's son, Ken Ivey. Really? Um, Ken's a good dude. Good, good dude. I thought you were going to go down the Tyler Potter route because Tyler Potter does a great job, too. Oh, gosh. Look, I mean, if we started listing the number of uh, folks in uh, Kinston that do a great job uh, in, in the landscaping business, we would be here for a long time. I mean... There are a lot of great guys out there and, yeah. and gals, I'm sure. So I'm sure, absolutely. But uh, Ernest Phillips, let me just throw it out there. Ernest, he's he's a good dude, man. In fact, uh, Kathy's house, Kathy Holder right here beside yep. me, across the street from me, uh, the two houses right before you get to uh, whatever that is, Saint whatever, Yeah, he does. Also, I mean, when he pulls up, he does like five yards at one time. Which that's, awesome. I mean, that's yeah. that's the way to do it. I was going to say, yeah. that's how you make money in that industry, yeah. I do believe. But, man, talk, hadn't even told it. Hey, today is hump day. It's hump day. Wednesday, the 27th in the year of the Lord, 2023. This is episode 938 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and John uh, Jonathan Massey. Well, they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. But, man, we've got another great show for you today. And you've already heard his voice. Joining us right now, I, I think I've come up. You're Kenson's Renaissance man. How's that? Is that good? Uh, that well, look, I'll take any uh, any kind words. Uh, when you live on the edge like we do, you take all the kind words you can get, right, Brian? There you go. Hey, amen, brother. But uh, Kenson's Renaissance, he's our golf expert and our ECU football fan. Yes, we're going to get some ECU football talk in, too. But it's Michael Martin. <coughs> man, this dog is killing me. Come on, Molly. Oh. Uh, Oh, oh, goodness gracious, dude. Hey, it's part, part, part of the circle of life. It is part of the circle of life. Thank you. Mike and I attended Saturday's big uh, ECU football win. Uh, and I think the most, the thing I'm most excited about that, and it was, it was a good game. Uh, I got to hang out with my friend. That was a lot of that fun. That was a lot of dude. fun. That was great. That was great. Hey. We met. We, we had Dan, we had Danny Rice's uh, incredible parking pass. That, look, <laughs> that is uh, that is a little piece of gold, dude. I like my seats, and you got to admit my seats are pretty Your good. Your seats are great. They? Your yeah. seats are great. I got to tell you, man, that parking pass is even better, though, dude. No argument there. No Goodness, argument there. and mine's not bad. Mine's down in Lower Menges, which was partially underwater, I guess. It was damp Saturday, it but was damp. Uh, man, uh, I think Dan- I finally. Finally, completely dried out this morning. So it was, 
Dude, I got home. Should we even? Yeah, well, let's go. I tell you, let me tell everybody who our second guest is, yeah, and we'll jump on. into that. I love it. Hey, uh, we are going to have a, fr- a first-time guest with us who's never been on the show before. Uh, jo- she'll be joining us live here in our plush, well-lit, and well-protected studio. It's going to be Vanita Wright. Have you met her? I have travels? not. I'm not. Uh, she's a marriage and family therapist, and I got to tell you, you you kind of inspired me. Was it? It wasn't last week's show. It was two weeks' show when yeah. you were talking about. Some and I mean this sincerely, dude. Some of the struggles that you've been through. She's a therapist. She's awesome. a uh, marriage awesome. and family therapist. She's going to be talking. She'll be talking to us a little bit about her practice. She's got a very unique practice, which is downtown. Uh, but we've, we're also going to talk some men's mental health. That's all. I think I'm, hey, I may. And I'm, I'm telling you, dude, for a minute. Well, then. I'm telling you, dude, well, we could have her uh, do a session with you. What do you think? <laughs> I, I think that would enlighten a lot of people <laughs> in uh, in our listening area. But in all sincerity, this uh, here we are here we are again joking about men's mental health, but it's not a joke. And you, I think the world of you, dude. I hope you know. Well, <laughs> well I that's do, kind man. of you to say, and I, pre- well, and I think the same of you. Well, but I just hearing you open up the way you did a couple of weeks ago, it did. It inspired me, and I was like, you know what? This show is eighty percent man anyway. I mean, we've got some female listeners. Don't get it twisted. We've actually. Uh, good morning, Pam Sheffield. She's one of our uh, listeners. Robin Godfrey, you know Robin. But, but you know, I, but, it, yeah. When you say that, Brian, that there are women listeners out there, I think it's important that women recognize that too, because you know, guys of our generation, and and I use that phrase broadly, but. You know, we're also married to, associated with women that were raised in the same generation that view uh, mental health um, differently than than future generations will, I hope. And I think it's critically important that people understand, hey, we do laugh about it, but we also talk about it. And, you know, and if you chuckle about it but you get the message out there then 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 you've accomplished something something really important and and i think having uh having her on today will will be a great thing and um i'm i'm interested to hear you know what her interpretation of how we got to where we are is um and i think and how do you i always ask 46 46 i'm 54 so i'm almost 10 years older than you (laughs) i can tell you i I think it came from not even our fathers i think it came from our grandfathers and i'm not denigrating them at all i'm just saying man think about world my grandfather was in world war ii both my grandfathers were in world war ii and you just you sucked it up you yeah. know what I'm saying? Especially, yeah. and then they, my grandpa Hank, well, actually both my grandpas, they also went through the depression. They both went through the depression. They both fought in world war two. And listen, you were supposed to be a man. In fact, my brother, uh, it, how's this for ironic? My brother, Daryl has a meme up on his uh, Facebook page. It's got four, it's a four frame cartoon basically. And it's a, well, here, I'll just show it to you. It's a man looking like he's, uh, or I get, are you kidding me? Uh, male depression and there's like a hand just poking up out of the yeah. water then society looks like there's a hand reaching down to help and it just says uh, gives him a high five and says be a man right and then the hand sinks underwater and that's way society basically has taught us is you know hey be a man you know men don't cry dude how many times and i can tell you i remember my father distinctly saying men don't cry or how about you know? this one how many of you heard this one 
Would you like me to give you something to cry about? <laughs> dude, if I like, had a dollar for every time I heard that, yeah, dude, my, I would. My uh, dad was quite fond of that one. And, <laughs> you know, and, and here's the thing. It, it, and we both grew up in a generation where I'm, I'm sure you were spanked if that's, you know, what. Um, that's a very. I, I, I prayed to be spanked, okay? <laughs> it, precisely. And, yeah. that's, and that's what I was getting at is, you know. When you, when you knew what was next, when you knew that the spanking was next, like you wanted to avoid that, but after, after you had experienced that, and I can't tell you how many times my life I was spanked, but you reached a point where the, the verbal, um, admonishment was worse than the spanking. And the problem was at eight, nine, ten years old, you didn't realize that. Like, at that age, the pain of the spanking was so feared that you would choose to be fussed at. And, and, and I think that once you get older, you realize that the verbal part of it did more damage than the spanking ever would have. And, and that's not to say that my dad abused me. Like, I don't want it misconstrued as that, but, um, you know, it's just, uh, it, it was a, a unique, uh, I think it was a unique time to grow up. And I think you were, you hit the nail on the head with, you know, grandfathers because, they are the ones that um, that influence the way our parents um, <laughs> our parents uh, learn to parent. And um, you know, my grandfather was a farmer, hardworking man, but he would go weeks without speaking to anybody. Like, just wouldn't speak. Was and he in the war? He was not. He was not. But I mean, but he he quit school when he was in sixth grade when his dad died and worked and, you know, probably gave up all the dreams he had as he was growing right, up and everything. Right. To- and, um, you know, he, um, but he had a brother that committed suicide. Oh. He has a niece that committed suicide. And, you know, when you look back, I mean, he would have never spoken about that. Yeah. And, um, and, and so it's just, um, I think it's a really great thing you're doing today by, by having, um, well, you inspire me (laughs) and I mean that Mike, no, 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 I'm not trying to blow sunshine off your butt. I'm trying to tell you, dude, listen to you talk about, (laughs) but listening to you talk about that a couple of weeks ago and just, and I've been through some things myself too, that I, I don't really want to talk about right now, but it just inspired me, and Linda's got a good – Vanita is a really good friend of hers. She's been through a lot. Vanita herself has been through a lot. She lost her husband, uh, I don't know, four or five years ago, and uh, she's got two beautiful daughters that they adopted, and I don't know how much she's going to want. I hope I haven't put her business out there too much, having said all that, but she's an amazing person herself. She's got an amazing personal story, too, so she's been down this road that a lot of us have, and – you're going to love her. I promise. Awesome. I promise. Awesome. Good You're stuff, going to love man. her. Good uh, stuff. It's going to be awesome. Keith Spence chimes in, and I'm going to, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this one word here, but I'm going to say it anyway. But Spence is right. 
Can you imagine today's whiny-ass generation having to storm a beach at Normandy? Yeah, you know, and but he's right. He is right, but but we also know that you know that wars are fought a different way, and and today, and thankfully for this generation and 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 all generations that um, that followed those uh, brave brave soldiers that that stormed that beach in Normandy, that that's not. That's not how wars are fought anymore. Um, well, I can tell you, my grandpa Acres, uh, who on my that was my mom's dad, was part of D Day. Jumped out of an airplane during D Day, and I remember being a young. You know, I've, I've always been a history guy. I think you are too. I mean, yeah. I, I love history, and I remember us, my brother and I, trying to talk to my grandpa about D, and he wouldn't. And I mean, he would freeze. And you were talking about not talking for a while. And he was a loving grandpa. But, uh, but was illiterate. Uh, he, uh, loved his country and all that, but just didn't really talk a whole lot. And the guaranteed way to, uh, get him not to talk was to bring up D-Day. And, you know, and again, I remember learning about it in, in elementary school and, you know, asking him about it and he would just freeze up and it was just, anyway, long story short, uh, I can't wait. We're going to have Vanita in here in our second hour, and we're going to be talking about men's men's mental health, and I think it's very timely, like what you were talking about a couple weeks ago, what we've had happen here. I know uh, when we had the passing of uh, Tony Hill over at North Lenore, someone posted, and it was somewhere, and you remember just the flurry of everything that happened, and I wish I could remember, and I'm so mad. Maybe it was Tanya Adams or somebody, though, that said this was the fourth suicide or the fourth time that someone had taken their life in like the last six months and they were all men yeah and, then, and she knew personally of four people yeah. had taken dude that that i mean one or two is horrible you get up to three or four i mean that it, it's a bad situation right and then when you factor in um the the substance abuse issues and and deaths that are attributed to um overdoses and things like that and how many of those you know if if we were honest um you know would would come back to mental health to some degree or another it's it is as i said on the show that day it's an epidemic and uh and and the only way that we're ever going to find a way back from where we are right now is to have difficult conversations. And I think having Vanita here today is a, is a great start and, uh, and kudos to you for, uh, for, for getting that going. Dude, you inspired me. You inspired me to do it, dude. So that is uh, today's show. You're listening to Mike Martin right now. He is our, uh, our Wednesday first hour guest. We've got a lot to talk about. And then Vanita Wright uh, in our second as we talk about men's mental health and all that. Man, some big news uh, came out yesterday in our neck of the woods. You and I were talking about it before we came on the air. And uh, I, I just, I'm looking forward to getting your reaction to this. But uh, our Kensal and North County Parks and Recreation Director, Corey Povar, announced his resignation. He, uh, it's been something that's been in the works for the last couple of days, but he formally uh, announced it uh, to his staff yesterday. Uh, to the Parks and Recreation Commission yesterday. And uh, he's going to be a guest. I, I got up with him. He'll be a guest. Actually, a week from today, he'll be uh, coming on the show. So awesome. He'll be coming on right after you uh, on uh, whatever that is, Wednesday, October the 2nd or 3rd, whatever day it is. Anyway, my point is 
you talk about somebody, and I was uh, talking to John and Jonathan about him last night, that was sort of in that Bill Guthridge role. You remember uh, that replaced yeah, Dean Smith? precisely, yeah. I think Give me another. I guess even John Shire right now at Duke University. Yeah, yeah. You have a legend in a Bill Ellis who nobody even has to question how much you and I love Bill Ellis and the no impact that he made no on this area. But – Here's a gentleman in Corey Povar that came from outside the area. He didn't even really realize the impact that Bill had when he got here. And and if anything, I'm telling you, dude, he took things up a step. I mean, he improved. I mean, and listen, Bill is a legend. I, no one ever. He was just inducted into our Kensal and North County Sports Hall of Fame for everything that he did. Should have been inducted six, eight years ago. But what Corey did, he didn't just come in and just be mousy and be, you know what, I don't want to make any waves. I don't want, you know, because I'm following this legend. Hey, Corey came in, Mike, and made the Parks and Recreation Department his own. And I thought he did a hell of a job. Very, And, and again, I'm back on the Parks and Rec Commission, which I have been now for about, I guess, eight or nine months. I have seen the changes because I was on it for eight years, I think, uh, from like 2010 to or whatever, 2010 to 2017. Then I'd been off of him till a little bit ago. Dude, <laughs> Corey has made, I mean, he has, it's almost a brand new complete staff that's in there in place now, a good staff that he has hired. I, I guess my point being, Corey Povar could have came in and just been a, a yes man or whatever. He has made the department of themselves and has actually, and Bill Ellis will tell you this, he has improved the Parks and Recreation Department. Your thoughts? You know, I, I said before he came on the air that, that Corey had done a tremendous job and, and done it quietly. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, and when you replace a legend like bill and, and yeah, I'm sure if bill's listening, he is, you know, cursing us for, uh, for, he for, hates, he hates hearing his name for us for, you know, it, you know, the adulation that we're giving him, but, yeah, you know, Corey came in and did it in a different way. Um, and, it, you know, the interesting part about Bill is, you know, Bill pointed out when uh, when you and I interviewed him, you know, that, that he had a team, that it was his team that did it. And, 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 and in and around the same time Bill leaving, there were a lot of other folks that left with him and, yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, Corey brought in, um, you know, some new faces that have um, that have taken on strong roles and 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 done it incredibly well. Um, there's a lot of young faces uh, over there, um, and when you've got Earl Keith. You need some young faces to bounce out his old ass. <laughs> hey, now, he, um, but, now he's now he's good peeps though. Oh, dude, okay. the best peeps, the, the best, best peeps. peeps. Um, I love Earl Keith. Though. Earl Keith is the best. I I say that. Yeah, oh, jokingly, wow. but you know. Well, for people who aren't list or who aren't regular listeners who hear you say that, I, we don't want them to think that no, you're taking a no, shot at one of no, the no, good no, guys, no. Out, the, great the, guys, the, out the best, the best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, Andy Spence and um. Scott Austin. Scott Austin. Um, oh, gosh. Josh Bass. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we could sit here and, 
and and go on and on and on about the the great people that work for our parts and rec department and um charlie casey I, i'm just i'm thinking of names that people are going to be yeah, teed I mean, off at me that i yeah. don't remember rico yes oh my gosh yes i mean there's no one better and uh so i i think that Corey is leaving um leaving the parts and rec department in a in a good place uh in an upward tra- trajectory um and uh, you know i just say thank you for for what for the you know for gosh how how many years has he been here believe it or not Six, i think five, i think five years five okay um <coughs> maybe it's probably because like, I, I think when he came and visited the last time when you were on here too I think he had said that he had just hit his five-year anniversary, so probably five and a half years yeah. or so. So, um, but no, it, it, I, I and you know the great part about Corey and, and from my experience and and we I don't have a ton of experience with Parks and Rec because um, all of our experiences in dance, but well, you do every, have two girls. I so, do. Uh, every time go. I picked up the phone, um, you know Corey answered and and. Or if I sent a message, he sent a personal response, and um, and and, and I'm appreciative of that, and uh, and 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 just thank you for 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 what you did for our city and county. Well, guess what? You'll be able to personally tell him that next week, as he'll be Look sitting uh, here in the plush, well lit, well protected studio on Whitehall Drive. Just very excited to have him in. But then now becomes the uh, new process of trying to find somebody to uh, replace him. And uh, I, I got to tell you, I I was not part of the Parks and Rec Commission when they hired Corey, okay? And I'll, I'm going to, listen, I always admit when I say something wrong or do something, I thought it was, I didn't think it was a good idea to go outside of the family. But you saw how well Corey yeah. did, the great job that he did. However, this time I think I think we need to stay in the family. And, and I'm not, again, I don't know if I'm going to be on uh, any kind of search committee or anything like that. I would like to be. But uh, I will just say this. We've got some talent and a specific person that is very talented that I think would be just very, very good in that position. Now, I've probably just knocked myself out of being able to be on. <laughs> look at Mike. Yeah, I'll, I I'll be so. on the committee uh, because I I, so. I, I'm predetermined or whatever. But uh, I'd like to see it stay in the family. But you know what? If uh, Sue Ellen Maddox and uh, all the folks that are part of the uh, Parks and Rec Commission, Steve Oliver, uh if they decide to go outside the family again, if they can find somebody half as good as Corey Povar, then I'd say that's a success, dude. Yeah, you got to have faith in the process. Yeah. Faith in the process. Well, when you got good leaders like Sue Ellen and, like I said, and Steve-O, uh, we're going to be all right. Agreed. We're going to be all right. Agreed. Okay. Uh, I, I do want to mention The Little Mermaid. It opened over the weekend. And uh, we're going Saturday. You ought to go with us, dude. I think we're going Sunday. Are I think you? We've got, uh, we've got some responsibilities Saturday, okay. and uh, but I th- we're, we will be there Sunday. I've promised Bella and <laughs> Lily. Is she, are they going to wear uh, mermaid outfits? I or? don't think so. I, I think, think maybe wait, we've. Is uh, Mike Martin going to wear uh, I mean, mermaid outfit if i do man if i do we'll be talking about it wednesday i'm sure on the show but I <laughs> if think you do safe. please make sure there's a camera nearby yeah. and someone snaps a couple of pictures okay i think if i'm in a mermaid costume people who ne- have no idea who i am will be snapping pictures <laughs> there you go. did you ever watch uh eastbound and down 
I do. Kenny Powers. I do. Remember he played for the Merman? I do. I do. <laughs> was it? I think it was the Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach. Merman. Yes, it yeah. was. That was. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, we, maybe we need to get us a Kenny Powers jersey before then Oof. with the Merman across the front. Kenny so. Powers is the best. <laughs> oh, dude, I love him, man. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, again, it's uh, Friday at 7, Saturday at 7, and Sunday at 3. Uh, starring my next door neighbor's uh, beautiful daughter, uh, Holly Holder. Uh, so be sure to check that out. This Saturday, Linda and I are going to be out there early in the day in Greenville at Wildwood Park uh, in Greenville, uh, the Festival of Hope. Uh, Christy Overton Johnson joined us last week to tell us about it. I'm actually honored I'm going to be emceeing a, a part nice. of that. It's going to be really cool. Uh, what is it? Uh, Parker Bird is going to be out there, and I don't have uh, my yeah. thing right here. Uh, he's going to be speaking some, and, of course, I've got all my stuff here. And then uh, Dave Mira's uh, widow. What I- is going to be out there too. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to have some uh, basketball uh, trick shot artists that are going to be out there and just all. And it's free. It's absolutely free. That Parker Bird story, man. You talk about inspirational. That's uh, that's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. And he's eighteen years, or I guess now he's nineteen, 19 years yeah. old. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine being as positive as he is. And and I've had the advantage of being around the baseball program, so I'm doing PA for him and and getting there early and seeing him out on the field taking BP, you know, out there on the field, uh, shagging fly balls and that kind of stuff. I mean, my understanding is, yeah, he hopes to play this year. That would be awesome. Can you imagine the way? That would be a tremendous story, and hopefully hopefully it is – it's it's an inspiring story regardless, but – Hopefully, it's just a footnote on uh, on a season where our Pirates make it to Omaha. But um, but no, it, it is a it's a tremendous story and and yeah and and kudos to to Coach Goblin for fostering that type, right there beside you yeah for fostering <laughs> that type of um, for that type of inspiration and and I just think it it's a wonderful story all the way around. Well, Coach Godwin is uh, just such a great leader and. We claim him here uh, in Lenore County, even though he was a Greene County uh, legend growing up and all that. But he spent that one year coaching Chris Hatcher over at Kenston High School. You know that, right? I did. I have heard was that. an assistant yes. coach, and yes. then was getting ready. And in fact, was the head baseball coach at Kenston High School for about six weeks until uh, uh, UNC Wilmington came calling. So uh, we, like I said, uh, we love us some Cliff Godwin. We we claim him as our own. So. Amen. As there we should, as we but, should. uh, but again, that's the festival of hope. That's this Saturday at, and it's a new park. I haven't been there before. Have you been to Wildwood park in Greenville? I, I've not, I've not <laughs> honestly, I don't even know where it is yet. So I'm probably going to have to leave a little bit early to get there to uh, my, get figured out where it's at. I want to hit that Google button there. Bart. There you go. There you go. Okay. Uh, we had a uh, three, I know it's Wednesday, but I uh, just to recap Monday night's, uh, football games. We had locally the uh, Davis wholesale tire game of the week. Was Parrot Academy defeating Kerry Christian forty six to twenty four? We did that game right here on nine sixty betonthebull.com. Had a good time, and uh, we get to go back out there this Friday night. Awesome. Our Davis wholesale tire game of the week is going to be. I bet you've never heard. Maybe you have heard of this school from Vass called Father Capadano. Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> not. They're a first year, uh, a first year eight man program, and they will be at Parrot Academy for homecoming. They've not had a great season to this point. I'm talking about Father Capadano. Parrot Academy is turning things around and doing pretty good. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a really ugly game, okay? Well, but we're still going to do it, and we're going to have fun with it. 
But uh, paired against Father Capadano, that'll be uh, on Friday. The Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show begins at 5. Kick off the game with myself, Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith, Keith Spence, and uh, Jason Bryant will be at 7 o'clock. Will you be out there for homecoming? Probably not. Okay. Probably not. Okay. Well, uh, we can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Other games will be played uh, Friday night. Kinston is at Southwest Onslow. Uh, North Lenore is at Wallace Rose Hill. James or South Lenore is at home against James Keenan. Bethel Christian Academy is at Halifax Academy. Probably the biggest game in our area is going to be over in Snow Hill as Aiden Griffin uh, travels. Yep. Yeah. The Grand Central longtime yeah. rivals. And then Jones Sr. is at Lejeune. So uh, those are Friday night's games. And, again, like I said, we will be at Parrot Academy for the Father Capadano uh, Parrot Academy game. Uh, LCC Volleyball now 6-6 six and six, uh, after losing, uh, to Wa- uh, losing to Wake Tech at Pitt Community College the other night. And then Bradfest, man. Uh, I know October 21st, uh, Allie uh, brought me a picture of uh, Brad Elmore that you can tell everybody I keep right here on my desk and, uh, very excited about that, man. That's going to be a lot of fun on October 21st. And we've pretty much talked about it every day. And I'm just trying to remind people, hey, put it on your calendar. Don't let it sneak up on. Now, Danny Rice did hit me up yesterday as we were talking about it. And he said, you do know October 21st is when ECU is at home against my alma mater, Charlotte. And I was like, crap. <laughs> I think it's what I said. And it is what it is. I guess, uh, I guess I'll have to give my tickets to somebody that day because I've got. I'm actually helping with some MC duties for that too. And That's awesome. I just I want to be out there. Let, let me tell you something. Uh, Linda and I we're going to have our chairs out there early. Did you see what Stacy Heath? Uh, Noah Justice. Yeah, Noah <laughs> Justice. But uh, he's already got his chair out there. I have. I have. In fact, I think I think I saw this morning they're <laughs> going to stage a sit-in yeah. um, on this Saturday. I mean, this Friday evening. So. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm always, uh, I asked what the song that was playing in, uh, Stacy's head when he was sitting out there. And, uh, in fact, so a, a funny Brad Elmore story, please. So, I love this. Yeah. So when I moved here and got on social media and Sugar Hill had just opened and I had befriended a man named Eusis on social media and I'm sitting at Sugar Hill, and I'm like, man, who is Eustace? And Brad, and, and that laugh that only Brad could do, he yeah, rolls back and just dying because Stacy's wife was sitting <clears throat> next to me at... <laughs> And she was just shaking her head. She says uh, that um, that that was one of his uh, personalities. Yeah, yeah is yes. that a good way? And I got to tell you, I don't know Stacy that well personally, but I tell you what, I admire his love for this community. I like that he holds people's feet to the fire. That uh, he is a good dude, and that was sort of the way Brad was too. I absolutely, mean, uh, absolutely. They both were of them love this. Best of friends. Yeah, exactly. So, and good stuff. I'm telling you, dude, uh, I can't wait. Put it on your calendar, please. Uh, Danny Rice, don't be mad at me that I won't be at that game. But someone will be using my chair, my my chairs. Someone will be <laughs> using my seats that night. I can promise you that. Uh, I just don't know who yet, but someone will be uh, using my seats that night. Uh, 
maybe even well i don't know we'll, we'll speculate that as we get closer to it uh but again brad fest uh, it's going to feature the something else band with mickey weatherington the wicked shimmies dew drops eight track and the mac and juice quartet uh, there's gonna be an after party at Stanley Saloon with the Mad Fiddler, and uh, man, I tell you the thing, and I thought I was all special because we're we're a sponsor of it too. We're a premium sponsor, but have you seen all the sponsors of this thing? I have, and I'm, and I'm, like I'm proud that sheets full yeah. of uh, sponsors. I'm proud that Massey Toyette is part of it. Yeah, so, it's good stuff. Well, good I'm telling stuff. you, man, it is awesome. So uh, again, put it on your calendar. Uh, WRNS, one of the premium sponsors too of it, uh, and. Just get out there. Uh, Dick Broadcasting, too, another big sponsor of it. Get out there uh, Saturday, October 21st. They were saying from 3 to 9. Now they're saying from 2 to 9 because there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, food trucks or several food trucks. There's going to be vendors out there. So give yourself some time to get out there and walk around and visit our, our visit their vendors and the food trucks and everything before the show begins. Downtown and, needs this. Downtown needs this. It does need it. But on top of I think it's just going to be an awesome time for folks to remember Brad. It is Bradfest. I mean, it that's is, what it is. It is. Uh, and he was festive. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. I like it. Okay. Uh, good Lord, dude. We're already 32 minutes in. That's insane. For 65 years, let me tell you real quick, Lenore Community College has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, (coughs) excuse me, accessible and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus in Kenston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today. And thank you so much to uh, Richie Honeycutt, Dr. Rusty Hunt, all the folks over at LCC for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. And, uh, man, uh, we got let's get ECU in before we talk about Ryder Cup, okay? You sure. and I were at the game uh, Saturday night with, what, 15,000 of our closest friends? Uh, you know – I, I didn't hear the announced attendance. Um, well, they they said forty some, yeah, and they were not <laughs> they were not there in person. Um, but it it was um, it, yeah, it was a, it was a, a good game for the Pirates. It was oh, a good uh, game. Well, I'm it, sorry, I I believe I would use the word great game there, dude. It, well, for nothing, there were a lot of positives um, for the Pirates. Uh, but it was an extremely sloppy game yeah. all the way around, given the conditions um, with, uh, I guess it was a tropical depression. At that point, yeah. I feel you. Um, you know, it was uh, misty and, uh, and, and breezy and, um, you know, <laughs> all of the other dwarf names. The, the fun. Uh, ah, you know, I like it. Um, but it was uh, – <laughs> Yeah, the defense played extremely well, and um, and, and for those that aren't familiar with Gardner Webb, yeah, that's a team that led Appalachian State, who who beat the Pirates and played the Tar Heels extremely tough, double overtime as I recall. Um, Yeah, Gardner Webb led them in the third quarter. Was it twenty twenty four twenty one five minutes left? Yeah, and so. Um, for, for us to show up and, and compete the way we did, um, I, I think it's, you know, another, um, 
another you know star in uh in Mike Houston's uh resume that you know I mean he gets those guys up for every game and um you know we got to see both quarterbacks play uh yeah I didn't feel that either one of them looked great I I felt like um and, and I will continue to say I I feel like Mason Garcia shows a lot of the similar qualities to you know the qualities that Holt Naylor's had at the same point in his career I mean everyone likes to you know say you know how great Holt Naylor's was and Holt Naylor's was great but he also struggled in the beginning um but Alex Flynn I think left with a shoulder injury and I haven't uh, heard the severity of that injury. If it'll cause, I've heard that it's a possibility he's going to miss. Well, you know, and, and that's you know that that's why you have two, and in some cases three and beyond. But um, but I feel like we run the ball pretty well, um, and and I feel like when we run the ball well, it certainly opens up things for the passing game. It was nice to see Josiah Hatfield uh, get involved on the way over. I think I told you that, you know, I had been disappointed in his performance up to that point this year. You're talking about wide receiver. Wide receiver, Josiah Hatfield. He had had several drops. And, uh, you know, I don't – I mean, he may have had a couple of catches coming into the game, but I had really expected him to – have a bit of a breakout season this year and yeah, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes that, you know, that have may have limited his production up to this point, but, um, he, he had a few great catches and, um, yeah, it, it it was a pretty balanced, uh, balanced performance on offense. Um, and, uh, yeah, Roger Harris had a, a really strong game, uh, bond, as well, the the other running back, um, Javius Bond, I think is, uh, but no, I, I, you know, and and when you're playing a you know a one double A team or whatever the you know bowl subdivision, I guess is, FCS, I think is what they call them. Gotcha. Now. They've been called so many things. I know. Um, I know. Yeah, it's hard to judge. Um, but I feel like uh, we showed well, and um, and I hope that we can carry that over this weekend to Rice. Uh, yeah, and, and Rice, every time I read uh, something about uh, Sam Hartman at Notre Dame or, uh, you know, I think it's JT Daniels is the quarterback at Rice now who – Played at USC, played at Georgia, played at West Virginia, and now he's found his way to Rice. It really makes me scratch my head about you know the the receiver at Carolina that was denied eligibility. You know what? I wonder how much of that, and that's a conversation for another day because we've got to get Ryder Cup talking here. But I wonder how much of that is is that. Carolina has taken some shots at the NCAA, and, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. and I, I think that might factor in some, especially, well, there was someone I saw the other day, and I can't remember, you and I, we partake in so much content, it's hard to for me to parse out who is who, but someone had an eight, a player that was in their eighth year. Yeah. Mike, 
eight years that they've been an NCAA player, and they had played portions of, I think, six years. But you have an eight-year player playing in your program, yet you've got the situation over at Carolina. And don't get it twisted. I'm not the biggest Carolina defender or fan whatsoever, but still, that's messed up, man. It is what it is. We're in the wild, wild west now with the NIL and transfer portal. For them to uphold a rule like that is just – it's crazy to me. Real quick, I just want to get your thoughts on Rice. Uh, and I was looking at the line as you were talking there. It opened at two and a half. It's actually expanded to three and a half now. That, right, but you know, so I mean, in favor of Rice. Let right, me say. and yeah. my yeah, my understanding is um, is that you know it, there's a three a built-in three-point advantage for being at home. So yeah, basically, it looks like a push. Um, I know that. Uh, the starting quarterback for Rice was injured in the last game, injured his ankle, and um, what I read yesterday, I don't think that they have updated their um, their depth chart or their you know, their injury report. So, yeah, it's it's not known as to whether he will be available on Saturday or not. But um, yeah. I, I think that um yeah he's put up some really strong numbers um and uh yeah but I I do feel like the Pirates are going to go in there and, and put forth a stronger effort and um yeah I think this might be a week where we see the Pirates pull an upset. I think uh I, I think maybe we can get out of there with a victory. Um and, and I think that would be uh that would be a huge yeah. That'd be huge for going forward for the well, rest of the season. I expect- Gardner Webb was must win. Let's not even try to no doubt toy about around it. and play no around with it. it. And I and I don't think I, I think not only was it a must win, but I think it was they really needed to win and and sort of make a statement. And I feel like they did um make as much of a statement as you could under the circumstances with the weather and, yeah. and everything else at play. I mean, I take for granted our guy Danny Rice is driving to Houston to to see the game since uh, he makes all these long, long trips. Now, is uh, he driving to Houston also I'm for joking. the Rice game? I'm oh, joking. you're yeah, joking. Joke well, he drove to Michigan right, for the game. Right, right. He drove to Boone for the Appalachian State game. But he hadn't made it to Pitt County yet this season. But hopefully, you're feeling better, Danny. Yeah. I had to get I had to get a little dig in at you, buddy, and. Uh, I, I told uh, I told Hanks uh, at the game I was like I'd be willing to bet that this is the first time in gosh knows how many years that you had missed two consecutive home games. But um, but he went to Michigan. He well, drove to Michigan. He didn't uh, fly to Michigan. No like a one lot of can. Do. Uh, no one can question <laughs> uh, the the Rice Jan- Johnny yeah. and Danny's commitment to the Pirates. And uh, but hopefully you're feeling better, my man. And. Uh, and and Hanks and I were there. We made it to the second half. We uh, we well, we stayed through almost the end of the third quarter. We did, we did. And uh, I think I think Brian said it was the first time he'd ever seen the second half in those seats. So thanks, uh, Linda. So uh, <laughs> his producer, Linda. You know, she, I understand. Some days it's tough to be a, to be in there that late. So. It is, it is. But uh, so there you go. So who are you picking? Give me your pick. I'm I'm, I'm going to pick the Pirates. I okay. think uh, I think we're going to slip out of there with a victory, uh, 27-24. Okay. Well, very good. Well, I'm telling you, I am uh, – I, I haven't officially – I need to do my research first, but I think they are too. And 
that would be awesome for them to be two and three going into the big nationally televised game against SMU on uh, whatever the date that is, October 13th or whatever it is. But I know they've got, after they play this, they've got a week off and they get that much time to prepare for nationally ranked SMU. It's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there you go. Okay. Now, uh, what we pay you the big bucks for. <laughs> oh, sorry. Checks in the mail. Checks yeah, there you mail. go. Checks in the mail. But you are a golf expert. The Ryder Cup begins this week. We've been prepping for it for, what, a month now. Um, and here we go. Uh, it is this week. It's in Italy. Uh, I, I, listen, I, my knowledge of uh, of golf is, uh, is, I wouldn't say pitiful, but it's, it's it compared to other sports, is very small. But that's why we have you in here. <laughs> I can't, I'm going to, I'm actually going to watch some this weekend. I think on Sunday and you said it'll be early on Sunday. Early, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I'm, one of my TVs will be uh, six hours, six hour time difference. So it won't cut into your football. It, it should be, uh, well, it might cut into the one o'clock games, right? It should be wrapping, uh, around noon. Cause it'll, it should, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. About 2 AM I think is when, when they'll tee off Eastern standard time. On I, no, no, no. It leads to the natural question. Will Mike Martin be up at 2 AM uh, on Friday no, morning sir. on Saturday? Saturday morning on Sunday morning to uh, watch the Ryder Cup. Might have been going to the potty, but um, (laughs) there's this amazing, amazing tool now that you can record and um, call it a digital video recorder. That's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. But um, yeah, so it's we've talked about it um, at length that uh, it'll be um, as it stands currently. There's a, a 30 year um 30 years since the u.s team won on foreign soil in the Ryder cup and yeah brian i think what is what's incredibly unique about the Ryder cup and and i thought about this yesterday as as you know at work uh some friends and i were talking about the nfl and other you know some other professional sports but there is no compensation for this wow so it's for love of country, right? This is this is for love of golf and love of country, and you know these guys go over there and um, you know and, and compete. And um, last night uh, I was watching uh, you know live from the Ryder Cup on on the Golf Channel, and um, Paul McGinley, who who has been a a, a a tremendous contributor for the European team and, and has been a captain as well. He used a quote from Yvonne Lindell, who was a, a, a great, great tennis player in the nineties. Um, and he said, you can use statistics for suggestions, but they are not rules. And, you know, I thought that was a, a really great point to make in in a in a world that that has gotten so bogged down with numbers and analytics as a basis for how we determine um the makeup of teams and things like that that you know that that numbers should be suggestions but you have to have other things factored in and and i think that is uh it is why you see um you know justin thomas on the u.s team and um, but, but going into this, I think that the player that will probably be, um, the most talked about player from this week is, is, um, 
is Ludwig Aberg, who is um, 23 years old. Okay. He's he's never played in <laughs> a um, never played in a major, yeah, you know, one of the four majors, um, and and is a recent graduate of Texas Tech University, and uh, but a, a tremendous player, uh, so much potential, and um, and to see how he responds this week, I think it will be probably the X factor for the European team. I think when you look at the American team, which obviously is my focus, um, I think a guy like Wyndham Clark is going to be incredibly important. You know, there are four, uh, there's four rookies on both teams. Um, and four rookies apiece or four rookies total? Four rookies on each team. Wow. Which is, which okay. is you know, some, you know, Robert McIntyre, um, Nikolai Hoberg, uh, Ludwig Aberg, and um, gosh, I cannot remember the fourth. Uh, oh, Sepp Straka. Um, and but particularly Sepp Straka and and Ludwig Aberg. Last night, I mean, those guys are American as you and I. Like, I mean, I was listening to um, and Aberg is uh, Swedish. And I mean his his you know midwestern to southwestern I guess would be the accent. I mean he sounds like he grew up in you know El Paso, but um <laughs> and Sepp Straker went to Georgia and is you know as southern as the day is long now. But um you know the United the rookies that make up the United States team you know you're talking about um Brian Harmon and Wyndham Clark um and uh gosh dude the fact let, let me let everybody know this too as you're doing this you don't have a list in front of you or you're not <laughs> no, looking at no, your no, phone no, no. you're quoting all these names from memory yeah dude, which well it, is but, insane but you know but the the interesting thing, and, I, and why I think Wyndham Clark is sort of the X factor for the American team, is that, um, you know, Brian Harmon has been on tour for a long time. And, you know, he had his big breakthrough winning the Open Championship this year. And, uh, but, you know, as John Marshall and I talked about when John joined us for the show discussing the Ryder Cup, um, you know, he, steady. I mean, he's he's probably the shortest hitter on the American team, um, but also probably the straightest hitter on the American team, and he's a really good putter. So, you know, that makes sense when you look at Brian Harmon and how he fits into uh, the this team. But, you know, Wyndham Clark is is – a very emotional guy. Um, you and I talked about him after he won the U S open at, at LACC and, um, you know, follow you know, He lost his mother and as he was entering, um, college and, and, you know, really struggled to find his way. And, um, but, but has now, you know, performed well this year, won at, um, he, he won in Charlotte, at uh the wells fargo and and then again at, at the u.s open and uh you know he's a long hitter uh a fiery guy and um 
you know, and and I think if the U.S. can can get some success from him, I think that you're going to see. Um, I think you're going to see some good things if, if that works out. Um, that being said, you know, it's um, from what I've read about uh, Marco Simone, the course where uh, the Ryder Cup will be played, it's a very, um, very big risk versus reward golf course, which okay. is really good for uh, Ryder Cup type settings. And the reason being is this is you know that there are three i think i read drivable par fours and that's really you know mike martin could hit one of those great entertainment no 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 no, no. (laughs) i mean i could drive there in a cart Uh but um yeah it's great entertainment in terms of the fact that you know you're pushing all your chips in but as I said, leading up to this, what makes Justin Thomas a good pick is he, you know, he had some hellacious scores this year. I mean, he, he put some numbers on scorecards that, you know, you really don't expect in stroke play events from a guy of his caliber, but at a match play event, those numbers don't matter because if I lose 10, Nothing about what I did on the tenth hole carries over to the eleventh hole. So you gotta have a short memory is what right, you're saying. Right. Yeah. And I mean and, and you have to have a short memory in golf in general, but um you know, but that's that's really, in my opinion, the the difference maker for match play. And you know, it it was it's also interesting to think about the fact that you know, the United States hasn't won in Europe since 1993. Well, when you look up the look at the makeup of both of these teams, maybe maybe a third of the competitors were born in 1993. Um only you know a handful of them have um experience playing in europe um and, and you know when you look at a guy like jordan spieth or or justin thomas both of those guys have um pretty respectable records playing um in europe and uh but but to understand the significance of of this you have to go back to you know the 90s and and before then so when the european tour um the european tour always has felt like you know the the red-headed stepchild of professional golf mm-hmm. um primarily due to the american media and um and our ability as media to create um, superstars out of of athletes, and so um, while you know guys like Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson and um, 
so many others have become household names in the United States and around the world. Um, guys like Kyle Montgomery and Ian Woosnam and um, countless others, uh, Patrick Harrington, um, never did. And, and particularly Kyle Montgomery um, really felt that he was treated as a second-class citizen when he would come over and play PGA Tour events. You know, he wasn't paired with um, – with the marquee names in American golf when he was play when he would come over and play on P- in PGA events. And, um, and, and so it created a certain amount of animosity. Um, and, and so the, the European tour, now the DP tour, um, viewed, viewed American golfers as their enemy. And I don't think. But that, don't you think it made it a little? Oh no! I guess the word "sexier" comes it, to mind, it, but it it's, does. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best part about it, and yeah. truthfully, it's the best thing that could have happened to the Ryder Cup. Um, but but I don't think the American side ever viewed um, the Europeans with the same animus that that they did, and you know, and and Paul McGinley brought this up last night, and. You know, I, I think it's a strong point, you know, that that the players that make up the European team come from from more humble beginnings than the American players do typically. Now, that's not to say humble in terms of economics. It's not to say humble in terms of, you know, of, of not having the opportunity, but humble in terms of, you know, um, Victor Hovland's from Norway. I mean, I I can't think of another Norwegian golfer. Yeah. Period. Um and and I'm sure there are and I'm sure that there's probably one right in front of my face and <laughs> someone who's listening right now Greg saying, Clemens hey. is like, you know, what about so and so and you know, but Who is listening by the way? He's made a couple of comments as uh, well, we've been listening. I'd be disappointed if he hadn't. He yep. finished in the top 5 of the uh Carter County News Times Pick'em poll last week. I don't think I've seen you your eyes name up there yet, but JJ uh, JJ I got we got I want to finish I just got to say JJ's not sent us any updates yet. So I've not sent Where do you go to see the updates? I, he sends me the picks I got to make every year, but it, or right, every year, every week, but I haven't seen. You know, I won that last year. Did you really? Yeah, I was the winner of that last year, but I'm not in the not top. Not looking good this year. Really? Well, I just haven't seen your name up there. <sighs> well, that, well, I wish you were sending back to Ryder Cup. Yeah, um, but, you know, it's. Um, Talking about the humble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's. And I and I do think it puts a chip on the shoulder of the European players. And, um, you know, but I think going into this week's Ryder Cup, yeah, the pressure's on the European team. I mean, you haven't lost on your home soil in 30 years. 15 times they've teed it up in Europe in 30 years, and, you know, you, you haven't lost. So um, I, I think that it gives the Americans, in my opinion, an advantage. I think that, uh, that, that the pressure on the European team um it is is fierce um but you know it, it's marcos may is not a long golf course um i do think that the that the rough that they were showing earlier on in the week they have trimmed it back a bit they've um 
they they've developed a second cut so there'll be the fairway then there'll be you know the second cut and um and then then the deep gnarly stuff which i think is uh benefits the u.s team um I, but i'm gonna uh I'm going to go out and say that I think the U.S. team will win. I think it'll be, you know, 15-13. I think it's going to be incredibly close. One so th- you think it'll go all the way into Sunday then? Oh, absolutely. And I, but But I also, one thing, it, so if it's a tie, the the team that holds the cup retains the cup. Now, um, I don't know that that would count as the Americans winning on European soil. Um but it, it, but we'd take it. We would take it in a heartbeat. <laughs> but um, that that's one thing that the Ryder Cup's got to uh, got to change. I mean, we've got to come up with uh, the Solheim Cup, which is the 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 women's version of the Ryder Cup, was played over the weekend, and and it finished in a tie. So Europe retained the cup and they celebrated. And but it it's just not right. I think I did, uh, on the radio this morning, driving over, I heard someone say that, uh, if it ends in a tie that Luke Donald and Zach Johnson should have a playoff and it should be sponsored by hair club for men, <laughs> which Ooh. is, which is a nice little dig, but, um, you know, it's, uh, but, but they do need to come up with something. And I heard, um, another option I heard was, uh, Oh, man in black, man in black. The son of Kinston. Hall of Fame bat boys. Um, <laughs> so one of the other things was at the start of the week, both captains put a name in an envelope, sealed envelope. The other captain doesn't know whose name you put in there. And if it ends in a tie, then the two names are pulled and, and they play a playoff to win it. Mono a mono with everyone. That would be. That would be awesome. And, and, yeah. and you know, and that's. um. That, but that's the beauty of that Sunday, you know, the the twelve guys going out, and and the the difference between the Ryder Cup and the Presidents Cup is, um, one of the differences is in the Presidents Cup, you know, it's posted who's going against who. Yeah. It's a blind draw in the Ryder Cup, so. You know, whoever the first team to to make a selection is, you know they they pull, you know, um, they pull out, uh, you know, when Zach Johnson says we're going to have Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas go out on the first match, yeah. he doesn't know who Europe is going to have, but Europe didn't know that's who was going out first, so it's. Uh, there's no advantage in, in that way, but it's it's a unique week in professional sports where you have. And I'm going to interrupt because we're up, we're into the second yeah. hour, but I've got to ask you this: Where does this rank for you? I mean, as compared to the Super Bowl, as compared to the NCAA basketball championship, as compared to the World Series, whatever. To you, Mike Martin, where does Ryder Cup rank amongst all those? So, in terms of <coughs> of it's. The Masters is my favorite. Okay. Week of the year. Yeah. Uh, Ryder Cup is probably second or third. And the reason is this. I was never, you know, I, I was never going to be a great football player. There was no way that I was ever going to be, you know, a great basketball player or baseball player. But for a moment, every now and again, 
I hit a shot and feel like a great golfer. So uh, that's uh, that's the differentiation for me. Yeah. And uh, and and I think you know it's a sport that everyone can play well into their you know fifties, sixties, seventies. Jimmy Smith plays uh, several times yeah. a week, and he's in his seventies now. Absolutely. So there you go. So listen. Thank you so much, Mike. Oh, Mark. Make time, a prediction, and we've got literally 15 seconds. Official prediction: What happens? I, I think T- Team USA is going to win 15-13. There you go. You got the official prediction. Thank you, Mike. You going to hang around for a couple minutes? I, I think I'm going to have to slip on out, okay. man. But I appreciate what you're doing today, and I'll be listening. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike Martin. Uh, he's our uh, golf expert, and uh, man, very excited. Vanita Wright coming up next here in her uh, next hour. We're going to talk men's mental health. We're going to talk a little bit about her practice. Here on the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College.